Hi, this is Kate Magic and today we'll be mapping raw foods on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Kate Magic. Kate has been a raw vegan for nearly 30 years and is the published author of six raw lifestyle books. Her company, rawliving.eu, is the premier resource for raw foods and superfoods in Europe. She raised her three sons on a fully raw vegan diet, all of whom have remained vegan as independent adults. She has taught raw foods in over 25 countries around the world. And at the time of this recording, she's situated in Bali. Let's dive into today's episode and be sure to go to the 15minutematrix.com to get your hands on the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies this episode. Kate Magic, welcome to the 15 Minute Matrix. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me, Andrea. Oh, I'm so pleased to spend this time with you always, Kate. And I'm excited to talk about the benefits of raw food eating, of a raw food diet. And I wanted to just start us out by explaining, can you articulate what does that mean really? Mm. Well, it's interesting actually because there's not really a concrete definition and when you're talking about something like veganism, it's much easier to kind of draw the line and say, well, this is a vegan diet and this isn't. But with raw foods, there's kind of a lack of understanding of really, you know, what that means, I feel. Um, But it's based on the work of a guy called Edward Howell who was working nearly 100 years ago now and he studied enzymes. And basically what he found is that the enzymes in food are destroyed by heat. And so when you're eating food that isn't heated, then the enzymes are still intact. And there's quite a lot of debate over what that temperature is. In his book, he says 42 centigrade, which is, I think, around 118 Mm -hmm. Fahrenheit. But the general consensus, I always say, is somewhere between 40 and 50 degrees. That's when the enzymes are destroyed. So when we're having raw food, we've got those enzymes. And enzymes, as your listeners will know, are really, really crucial in every function in the body. So it's, you know, we think of it as life force energy. It's like the chi or the prana in the food. So when you're having the raw foods, you're getting all that extra life force energy. I know that when I first started eating raw foods, and there was a period of my life when we originally met Kate, where I did identify as a raw food vegan, ultimately, I had to make some shifts for my own body. And we can talk about where you see that or don't see that as a necessity from your vantage point working with so many people. But one of the greatest benefits for me was that all of a sudden, my satiety mechanism was in place. Like I could feel full. And that was a feeling I wasn't able to feel previously. And I believe it was because of the enzymes that I was able to get my food more easily into the cells and feel that I was nourished 
Is that a benefit that you often see? Yeah, the two most common benefits, so exactly what you just said, is that people are really surprised about how little they need to eat in order to feel full. So if I make a raw chocolate superfood cake, and you know I might serve it up, and what it looks like is I'm giving people really tiny slices um, compared to what you'd expect from a cake from a you know a normal deli, um, but actually sometimes they can't finish the slice because it's so nutrient dense and there's so much going on in there. The other thing that people always comment on because usually people are doing it for health reasons, right? So it might be weight loss or it might be dealing with a chronic condition, but usually people are that's the most common reason why people start is some kind of health reason. But the most common thing they say is how much happier they feel. And I think this is, you know, as all your listeners will know, this is the gut brain connection effect. Because when we give our guts all these exciting, wonderful foods, they're just happy. And then our minds are like, yay. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. And it's like magic. And also, I think the kind of life force of the food is really mind lifting. Like we actually feel that aliveness of what we're eating. Yeah, I always say I'm annoyingly positive because it's, <laughs> it's really hard to find me in a bad mood. Someone asked my son the other day, does she ever not smile? And he seriously, he seriously thought about it. And he said, I don't remember the last time I saw her not smiling. Hmm. Hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, it really does lift the emotions. It's one of the things I really love that I went through that experience for myself because it informs so much of how I eat both raw foods and live foods that are incorporated into my everyday. What about blood sugar balance and other health issues that are commonly seen that people turn to a raw food diet for? What have you seen happen there? The thing with the raw food diet is that there is very, very little research and there's not a lot of consensus Mm. around, you know, what works and what doesn't. But I am of the school of thought that low glycemic is really key and I don't need to explain why to you and your listeners because you know we know so much about how sugar in the body really creates the conditions for a lot of diseases right right yeah I firmly advocate a low glycemic raw vegan diet and I see that as actually one of the biggest pitfalls of the raw diet not so much now but when it was more fashionable maybe about 10 years ago people kind of had this mentality like oh I can just eat raw foods all day and everything I eat is going to be great I'm going to be healthy and actually as we know you have to have balance in everything and I think the two biggest areas in which people can get out of balance eating raw foods is having too much fruit being the first because even that fruit sugar is still sugar in the body right and especially when people are having imported fruit if you're somewhere where the fruit is growing and you're getting it fresh off the tree that's a really different thing but if you're eating imported fruit and especially if you're eating conventional produce non-organic produce which we know is basically sugar water and pesticides there's not a lot of nutrition in a bunch of conventionally grown grapes or bananas or you know, so so that's the biggest danger. And then also I think overeating on nuts yep. because of what we do about the liver, that's the other thing. And I personally do a very low nut diet. I have a low glycemic diet and a low nut diet as well. It's <laughs> kind of amazing to think about many of the healing diets and the raw food diet falls into this terrain in which it just naturally eliminates the most toxic foods, Mm -hmm. and 
also the most inflammatory foods. And I always love looking at those commonalities. Do you mm. see people go through some kind of detox when they're transitioning to a raw food diet? Yeah, always, always. And and it's very much it's very much a journey. So this is what I always emphasize. It's it's very much like understanding where you are in your body and and just making small changes over long periods of time so incremental changes rather than this kind of all or nothing approach where it's like someone's coming off a fairly standard diet or even a vegan whole foods diet and trying to get fully into raw foods is just too too much for the body and so you get that kind of yo-yo effect which again you and your listeners will know is really unhelpful for the body if you're eating really clean and then putting loads of stuff back in. So I always advise people to make slow changes, just change a few things. So just swap out your breakfast or just swap out your snacks or, you know, just have a salad with every meal, just kind of do it slowly and gradually rather than that instant like leap into it, which is going to cause detox symptoms. And then if someone hasn't got support and guidance around that, the chances are they're going to just give up and go back to what they were doing before. And that's, yeah, that's really not helpful for the body. Yeah, I'm nodding my head because oftentimes mm-hmm. we go too fast for the people that we're looking to serve. Do you mm. see people have any issues with their gastrointestinal function or their elimination, their poop, as they're eating more raw foods that their body might not be accustomed to? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, it's the nuts, overdoing it on the nuts, which can really be an issue for people. And I am a big fan of hydration. In my mind, hydration is like the number one thing. It's the platform for everything. So I do advocate that people do a lot of juices and plant milks, like make their own almond milk or hemp milk. I'm a big fan of the fermented drinks like kombucha. And so when you're having like some of your nutrients in liquid form like that, you know, I do a lot of the superfoods, as you know. So, you know, like a superfood milk with some chlorella or maca and stuff like that. And then you're not causing so much strain on the digestion. Whereas if someone just instantly tips over to a raw food diet and they're trying to get all their nutrients in solid form, that's a lot of fiber. And that can be really irritating to the gut. I'm also a really big fan of enemas and colonics so I always try and bring the naturopathic detox techniques into it and really suggest that people look at it as an overall lifestyle thing including those techniques that support the gut and not just um, think that you can change your diet and that's it then you're really healthy (laughs) yeah we have to remember Mm -hmm. that everything's connected we're each unique What are some of your favorite techniques in addition to getting more liquids in and hydration? I mean, as you're saying that, Kate, I'm thinking about some of the raw foods that were in fashion, like you said, a decade ago, like a lot of the dehydrated foods and a lot of the nut-based and date-based foods, and those could get us into trouble even though we're eating a whole foods diet. What are your favorite techniques, your favorite how-tos to... Mm -hmm. Um, really get the nutrients you need in a day and nourish your body and soul through the foods that you're eating? Well, I used to have a triangle. I called it the magic triangle, and then it expanded over time, and now it's a magic plate. (laughs) (laughs) The components of the plate are really, you know, there's so much commonality in, in your approach there. So alkalization, hydration, 
healthy fats, low glycemic, including probiotic foods. That's to me, that's the basis of what we need. And to me, that's more important than if you're eating raw or cooked or vegan or omnivore. If you get those things in place, you're going to be healthy. So I always bring it back to that. And as I said, you know, hydration to me personally, I think hydration has to come because most people are chronically dehydrated, right? So there's, you know, a school of thought that would say, oh, well, when you're just having raw food, you know, you're getting lots of, of liquid in the fruits and the vegetables, but I really emphasize the hydration so that you're opening up the cells. When the cells are fully hydrated, then they can start really working properly, right? And, and with the healthy fats as well, the fats are the building blocks of the cells, right? So I was brought up, I think a lot of us were brought up in this kind of low fat environment mm-hmm. and had to really work for you know over a decade to get enough fat into my body because I think I was just so starved of healthy fats as a child and also I was chronically dehydrated as a child back then people didn't really drink (laughs) we didn't didn't have bottled water there was Evian that was it like people didn't drink so I was really dehydrated I was really deficient in the healthy fats and like I say I think it was over a decade that I spent really consistently working on those things to get to a point where I felt like I wasn't deficient anymore and what does that look like for you like what is the hydration methodology that you employ for yourself and that you recommend to all the people that you support Mm. well it's it's a variety of drinks so actually contrasting to common understanding is that water isn't the most hydrating drink because when we're drinking water that's a flushing mechanism right so if you had a night out and you want to feel better you drink loads of water and that's going to flush everything through like I try and drink a glass of water before I go to bed and I find I sleep better because then my body eliminates better during the night it's great to drink water first thing in the morning right when we're still eliminating but if we're eating all wonderful gorgeous foods all day we don't want to be flushing all those nutrients out as fast as we can when we put fats into the drinks then the body receives them differently. They're more hydrating. They're operating better on a cellular level. So any drinks that have fats in, so that's why I think the plant milks are so good. Mm-hmm. So like hemp milk or an almond milk. Not with too much nuts or seeds, but like a nice creamy almond milk. And then I would put superfoods in like maca or reishi. Um, I like to put lecithin in it as well. I think lecithin is really important nutrient for vegans, often overlooked nutrient for vegans. Um, so lecithin helps make the milk nice and creamy. I might put some tocotrienols in. <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah that's like my morning drink. When you use a lecithin, are you using a soy or a sunflower lecithin? What's your preference? Yeah, it's really hard to get sunflower. I don't know of a brand in Europe. So I use soy, but I do say to keep it in the freezer because mm. it does off really easily. So if you keep it in the freezer once it's opened, you can just use it straight out of the freezer and then you're helping keep it fresh. Nice. And I just want to say my understanding is that soy lecithin doesn't have the soy protein in it. So even those of us who are sensitive to soy can have soy lecithin and it's a great source of choline, really good for the brain. And like you said, missing for those of us who don't eat eggs and some Mm -hmm. other animal proteins as well. So really good one to get in there. If we go to the what to do now and talking to practitioners about how they can start to integrate some 
raw and live foods into their client and patient's life to kind of make that upgrade that you were talking about. Is breakfast the place to start? Yeah, and I think it's really important to emphasize that you can get a lot of the benefits of raw foods without having to do a fully raw diet. And actually, it's kind of a bit of a myth, 100% raw. There's no one that really does 100% raw. I mean, maybe some people living in the tropics, um, you know, just living in nature. But out of all the people that teach and write and are, are well known for doing raw foods, there's nobody really does 100% raw. It's So it's not, you know, like I was saying before, it's not like, oh, if you're vegan and you're eating eggs, you're not vegan. Right. <laughs> but Maybe a raw food is someone has the intention of eating more than 50% raw in their diet every day because if you're just doing more than 50%, you're getting all those beautiful benefits. And, you know, if you feel like you want to do more, then that's great. But if you're getting 51% raw foods in your diet, you're doing fantastic. And most of the people that I know that I say live in this lifestyle are doing about 70, 80% raw. So, you know, it's a different way of looking at it than if you're looking at vegetarianism or veganism. But it's just like incorporating more raw foods, I think, is the way to go than rather feeling like, oh, there's this destination that I have to get to. And if I'm not 100% raw, then I'm not doing it. I'm a failure. I'm not doing it right. It's just like, oh, let's just enjoy the benefits of including more raw foods. And then that opens up to everyone. I love that. What a balanced perspective, Kate. And it makes me feel better. And we can really just start with like our smoothies and our salads, like you said. Is there any one last thing that you feel like you really want to convey to practitioners out there about the benefits of a raw food diet? Well, I said it already, but it really is a journey to me. And it really is. It's not a destination. It's really about just having this relationship with your body and having this understanding with your body. And that to me, that is the magic is that as all your listeners will know, there's such an empowerment, right? There's such an empowerment between having this relationship. And I just feel like me and my body, we just have this really wonderful relationship. And that brings joy to everything that brings light to everything so it's about listening to yourself and it all starts with self-love right it's all about compassion and self-love so it's being kind to yourself and gentle with yourself and really really just being honest with yourself and developing this relationship where you're really hearing oh this is what my body needs this is what my body wants and I'm going to honor that and just getting into this really beautiful place with ourselves rather than having this external idea of this is what I have to be or this is the label I want to put on myself or this is what I need to do in order to be a good person (laughs) it's just really reframing how we relate to ourselves I think. I love it, Kate. And the the sound of the birds in the background while you're in (laughs) Bali is just the perfect backdrop to your joy and the joy you bring to this conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, and production support from Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook, with sound production by Rowan Bradley. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com, and you can head to that same page to get the completed PDF matrix of today's episode as well as to sign up to be notified each and every time a new podcast episode is released. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. 
you have an open invitation to email us. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15-Minute Matrix. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. And if you really liked today's episode, be sure to share it with anyone you know who would also enjoy it. We appreciate each and every one of our listeners, and we're always looking to get the podcast into the hands of more coaches, clinicians, and healthcare pioneers.